0: Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So close your eyes, take a deep breath, settle in, and get ready for tonight's story, Stave 5 of A Christmas Carol. It's going to be a short one, since it's only a couple pages to wrap it up, but... Just in case you were curious, our Christmas Carol was one of several Christmas-themed stories written by Charles Dickens, and uh, as a matter of fact, the working original full title is A Christmas Carol in Prose, being a ghost story of Christmas, hence the term stave, which is usually reserved for stanza in poetry. That's why he used that instead of Chapter. It's been reported that Dickens wrote a Christmas carol in six weeks. And not only that, but he was under financial pressure while he did it. And there are reports that he wrote the story while walking around London at night. The first publication of A Christmas Carol was December 19th, 1843, and the first edition sold out by Christmas Eve. By 1844, the novella had gone through 13 printings, and 175 years later, here we are, listening to A Christmas Carol. He didn't make a lot of money, though, uh, even though it was a runaway bestseller, and the reason was he was super picky about how the book looked, how it was bound, the price of materials, those kinds of things, so it took a big chunk out of his profits. The biggest thing about this, as in a lot of Dickens' other works, is that A Christmas Carol was written as social commentary. He had a lifelong devotion to helping the underserved, because his father was in debtor's prison, which forced him to drop out of school and work in a factory. With that being said, let's get ready for stage five of A Christmas Carol, The End of It. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The room was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all the time before him was his own to make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob, Marley, heaven, and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. He had been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit, and his face was wet with tears. They are not torn down, cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down, rings and all, they are here, I am here. The shadows of things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be, I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath. I am as light as a feather. I am as happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy. I am as giddy as a drunken man. A merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world. Hello here. Whoop. Hello. He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there perfectly winded. There's a saucepan that the gruel was in, cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered, there's the corner where the ghost of Christmas present sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right, it's all true, it all happened. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh, a most illustrious laugh the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. "'I don't know what day of the month it is,' said Scrooge. "'I don't I don't even know how long I've been among the spirits. "'I don't know anything. "'I'm quite a baby. "'Never mind. "'I don't care. "'I'd rather be a baby. "'Hello, whoop. "'Hello, here.' "'He was checked in his transports by the churches "'ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard. "'Clash, clang, hammer, ding, dong, bell.' bell, dong, ding, hammer, clang, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist, clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, cold, piping for the blood to dance to, gold in sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air, merry bells. Oh, glorious, glorious. What is today? cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. Eh? returned the boy with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow? said Scrooge. Today? replied the boy. Why, it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course, of course they can, of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello, returned the boy. Do you know the poultiers in the next street, but one at the corner? Scrooge inquired. I should hope I did, replied the lad. I'm an intelligent boy, said Scrooge. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not not, not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? returned the boy. What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's it's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. Is it, said Scrooge. Go and buy it. What? exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go, go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man, and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes, and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at a trigger who could have got a shot off half as fast. I'll I'll send it to Bob Cratchits, whispered Scrooge, rubbing his hands and splitting with a laugh. He, he shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did somehow, and went downstairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of the Poultier's man. As he stood there, waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. I shall love it as long as I live. "'cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. "'I scarcely ever looked at it before. "'What an honest expression it has in its face. "'It's a wonderful knocker. "'Here's the turkey. "'Hello, whoop. "'How are you? "'Merry Christmas.' "'It was a turkey. "'He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. "'He would have snapped him off short in a minute, "'like sticks of sealing wax. "'Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town,' "'said Scrooge. "'You must have a cab.' "'even when you don't dance while you're at it. "'But if he had cut the end of his nose off, "'he would have put a piece of sticking plaster over it "'and been quite satisfied. "'He dressed himself all in his best "'and last got out into the streets. "'The people were by this time pouring forth "'as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present, "'and walking with his hands behind him. "'Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile.' "'he looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word "'that three or four good-humoured fellows said, "'Good morning, sir. Merry Christmas to you.' "'And Scrooge said often afterwards "'that of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, "'those were the blithest in his ears. "'He had not gone far when, coming on towards him, "'he beheld the portly gentleman "'who had walked into his counting-house the day before "'and said, "'Scrooge and Marley's, I believe?' "'It set a pang across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met. "'But he knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. "'My dear sir,' said Scrooge, quickening his pace and taking the old gentleman by both of his hands. "'How do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir.' "'Mr. Scrooge?' "'Yes.' said Scrooge, that that's my name and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon and will you have the goodness? Here, Scrooge whispered in his ear, Lord bless me, cried the gentleman as if his breath were taken away. My dear Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, said Scrooge, not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him. I don't know what to say. Such munificate! Don't say anything, please, retorted Scrooge. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will, cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank you, said Scrooge. I am much obliged to you. I thank you 50 times. Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything, could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? Said Scrooge to the girl. Nice girl, very. Yes, sir. Where, where is he, my love? Said Scrooge. He's in the dining room, sir, along with mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank you. He knows me. "'said Scrooge, with his hand already on the dining-room lock. "'I'll go in here, my dear.' "'He turned it gently and sidled his face in round the door. "'They were looking at the table, which was spread out in great array, "'for these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points "'and like to see that everything is right.' "'Fred,' said Scrooge, dear heart alive, "'how his niece by marriage started.' Scrooge had forgotten for the moment about her sitting in the corner with the footstool, where he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, cried Fred. Who's that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in. It's a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did Topper when he came. So did the plump sister when she arrived. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful, wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing he had set his heart upon. He did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine, no bob, a quarter past, no bob. He was a full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat at his door wide open that he might come in and see him. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge in his accustomed voice as near as he could feign it. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir, said Bob. I I am behind my time. You are, repeated Scrooge. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. It's, It's only once a year, sir pleaded Bob, appearing from the tank. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend, said Scrooge. I'm not going to stand this sort of thing any longer, and therefore, he continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, holding him and calling to the people in the court for help in a straitjacket. "'A Merry Christmas, Bob,' said Scrooge, with an earnestness that could not be mistaken as he clapped him on the back. "'A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary.' "'and endeavor to assist your struggling family. "'And we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon "'over a Christmas bowl of smoking Bishop, Bob. "'Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle "'before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit.'" Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more, and to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset." And knowing that such of these would be blind anyway. He thought it quite as well that they should wrinkle up their eyes in grins, as have the malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further interactions with spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. The End I really hope that you enjoyed all of the staves of A Christmas Carol. It is a timeless classic. I enjoyed reading it, and experiencing this with you as well. Thank you so much for all your support, all the downloads, all the comments. As mentioned, it it really is a gift. It makes me very happy to do this. If you're new, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And that, my friends, as they say is that. If you celebrate Christmas, then I wish you a very, very, Merry, happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. 2022 is upon us and I will be bringing you season two of Very Sleepy after the new year rolls over. Until then, I hope this made you very, very sleepy. And until next year, good night.